Welcome to the Outsourcing and Offshoring Philippines podcast. Joining us today is Tim Vorbach, the founder, president, and chief visionary officer of Emapta. Tim is a very successful entrepreneur and he is an award-winning businessman. He's joining us today to talk about his company that he founded, Emapta, what it is and what it's all about. Welcome to the show, Tim, and thanks for coming to the show. Thanks, Henry. Hey, Tim, and can you give us a brief intro about yourself and how you got started with the BPO industry? Uh, thanks, Henry. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Tim Vorbeck. Uh, I'm an Australian and uh, the founder and CEO of Amapta. About late 2004, uh, we had we outsourced uh, some call center work to a BPO uh, in the Philippines. And we were surprised by how effective uh, the service was and, and, how, uh, and also how cost-effective it was. And it soon became a, a very important lead-generating strategy for, for one of my companies in Australia, uh, up until the point that it, it became uh, the, the most relied-on lead strategy for we had 60 salesmen uh, relying on the leads and on the, on the outbound telemarketing that was coming from this BPO. Uh, so I decided with my business partner to come over to the Philippines and, and uh, see if um, we could improve even more on the, the service and perhaps expand that even further. And the day that I got, arrived in the Philippines, it, be, it was just so obvious to me of, the, of this enormous pool of talent that was really sitting on Australia's doorsteps uh, that could be doing not just voice work, but a whole range of knowledge work, you know, accounting, marketing, customer service, a whole range of services. And I thought, you know, we're only looking at one particular aspect here. So I started to um, offshore a whole range of roles almost immediately uh, through this BPO. The problem with the, the a BPO model is that it's it's almost the opposite of what uh, we do and what the Amapta staffing platform model is about. A BPO traditionally has been quite closed uh, about how it does things. That's its ability to retain uh, value and, and its margins. And the customers are generally interested in buying a, uh, an outcome, whether it's a, a, a pay per service or a pay for per outcome. Uh, but really what I wanted was I wanted to have complete and uh, control over the staff, and I needed f complete transparency as to uh, what each of the staff were being paid because I really needed to know, you know, was Mary better than Peter? And if so, do I keep on developing Mary? And uh, uh, does Peter have a long-term future with us? But getting that sort of transparency was impossible at the start. And then, uh, and then further, as we got got more and more into it, the differences between what were important to me as an Australian businessman and perhaps what the mindset was in the Philippine BPO office were quite different. For example, in, a, in Australia, the, our, uh, our salaries are comparatively you know, more expensive than, uh, than the Philippines. So many uh, business executives are always looking to increase the productivity, uh, find out ways how they can make their staff more effective and and get more uh, production, and and so you're looking at things like your IT and your infrastructure and your and your quality of your computers and all these tools. We're trying to maximise so we can in, enhance the 
the output of our staff. Whereas what I found when I was first over here, it was a very different approach and a very di- uh, an approach which was sort of based on trying to save money, trying to get a cheaper line of internet connection and all these other elements. And there's a, there's a whole range of different sort of disconnects between what I was looking for and what I felt was required to have a high performance team and what I could get through uh, this uh, particular BPO provider. We ended up going to another uh, BPO provider that communicated an, an understanding and an alignment of what we're trying to, to do, but we soon found that there really wasn't that alignment uh, at all. And we were f- faced with the prospect of actually having to let this whole back office team that we'd set up, have to let that go and just try to uh, refocus on, on doing the same in Australia. But um, but I looked at all the things that we were doing and we had some really exciting, you know, we had, had you know, SEO marketing specialists, our own in-house graphic designers, all these resources that I just couldn't afford to have full-time in Australia. So decided to bite the bullet and do it ourselves and uh, set up our own company in the Philippines. And literally for two years, it was two weeks in Australia, two weeks in the Philippines, you know, a, a cra- crazy existence, fun the first two or three times you get on a plane, not so much fun, yeah, you know, no. on the, on the, in the second year of that. But we nailed it and we built an offshore team which surpassed my expectations, not just in the price effectiveness, but just the quality. We were able to get talent doing exactly the same activities for with exactly the same sort of results and, um, and outcomes as uh, we were able to do in Australia. And uh, as a consequence, we were able to do so much more in these businesses, and it was it was quite profound. And then what starts to happen when you I was basically spending half my time in the Philippines, and I was looking at these other companies that I'd had for a very long period of time. My first company I started when I was 19, and some of these companies were in 24, 25 years under my management. And I thought, you know, what what business am I passionate about? And the truth is, I probably lost some passion in those other businesses where I was really, really passionate about what we were doing um, here uh, in the Philippines. And so I decided, look, I want to make this the one and only business and, and convince my uh, girlfriend at the time and my wife to come and live in the Philippines and, and, and focus 100% on, on building this for other companies. Wow, that, that story was actually pretty great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting how... Uh, there was an evolution of perspective and how you found an opportunity. And yeah, I'm glad that you took it. So congratulations on your success. I think it's made a really big difference to our success now when we're dealing with our customers because I've sat on the other side. I've absolutely known what's important to a lot of our customers. I know their sensitivities. I know what, what things are critical to them because they're the things that were really critical to me that I was looking for. Uh, in the first instance. Well, since we're already on the topic of your company, and I, I think you have, you guys have a very interesting name, and it, yeah, it's catchy to me. So, can you tell us about how you came up with Emapta and with sure. the name Emapta, and well, what you got, what services do you guys offer now? Sure. So, Emapta is actually the initials of my family: Elizabeth, Mark, Amanda, Paul, Tim, and Adrian. And again. Uh, this entity was set up uh, originally uh, just to service our own companies in Australia. And it was only uh, later that uh, 
we uh, decided that uh, this was going to be a business uh, that uh, uh, had real potential to be a standalone business and doing exactly the same as what we'd done for our for our group for other customers. And at that time, we had all the options of having different names, and you know you can think of you know, fans, you know, fast staffing. There's lots of different names, and we thought, no, what we want to do, we want to just stay true to what we are and what was important to us. So what what's very very important to uh, myself and uh, and Mapda is there's some fundamentals about how we operate that uh, are set in concrete. We just will not veer from them. And for example, like transparency is one of our strongest values because it was something that wasn't provided to to me when in our early experiences through other service providers. And it's so important in this type of relationship. So transparency on every part of the our service is provided to our clients. Our clients see everything, everything to do with the staff. They see the employment contracts. They see every single piece of communication. Nothing's hidden from our clients. Our clients decide what they uh, pay their staff. Uh, we don't apply any markup or any margin to any of our staffing costs. And uh, so transparency is a really, really important aspect. Also, things like um, quality, always trying to look for the uh, most effective way of doing something, not the cheapest way of doing something. And that particularly plays out in things like decisions that you, we make every day with IT and infrastructure. It's There's lots of ways to set up an office, but if you want to have the, the same levels of reliability and uh, quality that our clients are used to enjoying in their home markets, then, then you need to be making decisions about that can give that comparable level from the Philippines. Uh, where you mentioned the Philippines just now. I, I was just curious, how did you find the Philippines? I mean, there are other countries that you can actually outsource to and build a company in. So why the Philippines? Yeah, in around 2004, in actual fact, uh, India was the country that was getting the most attention and uh, was the most advanced with its you know, BPO and call center and, and uh, sort of services. The uh, the Philippines, I, I just felt in the first instance, the communication style, not just the, the English, which is of a very high quality, it's the, uh, there's, a re, there's, a, there's a nature and there's a respectful manner about Filipinos, which I think is generally very well received. And that was the first, so that was the first reason why we choose the Philippines for our voice services. So knowing so much more about uh, the Philippine talent, there's all these other aspects, but you know there's a, a hugely uh, educated, very well educated talent pool. So there's very deep pools of talent in uh, across the range. You have talked about the uh, it's the Filipino culture. Uh, Filipinos are respectful in nature, they're compassionate and welcoming, and um, all of these qualities are particularly important for our type of model. Because the Amapta model is an integrated teams. The, the staff that are set up and operating on our platform in the Philippines are, are sort of interwoven and operate with our clients' teams in their own home countries. So the Filipinos do that uh, as a rule very, very well. Um, and also the value proposition. There's still a very good value proposition 
even comparing the Philippines with some of the other southeastern Southeast Asian countries, Philippines still uh, has um, a good value proposition. And I think uh, what's happened over the last 10 years, it's shown to be the right choice because there's been an enormous growth in uh, BPO and uh, offshoring in the Philippines for, for those reasons, I suspect. Well, on, on the subject of the Philippines, uh, when you start working with clients, what, what can they expect when they start working with MAPTA and checking the Philippines out? Well, it's a turnkey. It's a really a turnkey solution. We can find talent and we can set staff up for our clients faster than what they can do it locally. I mean, it's really quite incredible what's happened these last few years with technology. Yeah, so I, you know, our team can be talking to a client and the client can sort of say, I'm looking for an accountant. This is the broad, these are the qualifications and the experience that we're seeking. And our recruitment team, we have 15 people in our recruitment team. We have subject matter experts who can focus just on industry verticals. We can, we can have the advertisements out and we can start doing all this channel marketing for, rec- for recruiting talent. And we can have, uh, we can have A-grade English-speaking accountant in an operational, fully set up in a, in a, in a working environment uh, faster than what our clients could do that even if they were trying to do it locally. Uh, it's really, really quite incredible. But beyond that, I mean, the, our, the MAPDA model is different to most outsourcing companies. You know, because we take responsibility of all the things that our clients don't want or shouldn't want to get involved in, like all the facilities, IT infrastructure, network support, all the IT support, recruitment, HR, payroll, and um, all of that. And it can be done for as low as $99 a week. And then the actual um, the staff costs. So whatever the actual staff costs, that's what you know, the client is the one that makes the decision as to whether they want to, again, to, they want Mary or they want Peter or they want Bob, and Mary's $1,200 a month, then the client decides, yes, I want to pay $1,200 a month, and that's the amount they're charged. There's, there's no margins on any of that, so it becomes really, really very efficient for our clients. And then this, this particular model, because it doesn't apply margin, any margin to the salaries, what ends up happening is our clients they're sort of incentivized to be able to get higher quality talent versus in other different business models, the, the way that the, uh, the, the staffing platform or the BPO makes its money is a, quite understandable. It applies a margin to the, to the labor costs. The, the problem with that is that the, the higher the, the labor costs, the more expensive the whole service is. So I think our whole pricing model is a, um, is a much more effective pricing model for, for clients. And then, um, and then, the, and then, just the whole turnkey. So everything uh, from we have like sixteen people in our IT networking infrastructure team. That's the amount of people that are looking at all of the connectivity to all our devices and for all of our staff. We have a huge level of oversight, which most of our clients just wouldn't. It wouldn't justify to have that level of resources supporting their offshore team. Mm-hmm. So it becomes, you know, again becomes a much better solution and then in the last two years what we've started to do is actually provide fully customized private offices with all our customers branding and encouraging this the staff to be branded in their clients uh, company uniforms and so 
in some sites you 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 could go into a private office and you wouldn't actually know that it's actually being fully you know, driven by a mapda because everything is about the the, the client and um and then personifying uh, their presence in in this market if i was a client of mapda i think i'd have actually a pretty great transition with regards to moving my work from onshore to offshore. So you guys sound great. Thank you. Thank you. And have you ever had clients visit your offices and train, actually talk to your staff? All the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely all the time. As I look outside uh, my office right now, I can see three, three oh. clients working with their teams. Uh, yes, uh, we really encourage it as well. 50% of the time, uh, clients will... Uh, Will come be involved at the start, and they can be you know fly over and uh, meet their teams at the at the start. But it's really really important uh, the amount of engagement uh, that happens between uh, uh, the, the clients and and our client staff is is a, a really important factor to uh, optimizing uh, not just the quality of the work, but things like retention and uh, engagement. So yes, absolutely, yeah. and. Can you describe to us what kind of clients you get and, yeah, who would be your ideal client? There, there really is no set ideal client. We, uh, because we allow our clients to be the managers of their own team, so the team and the staff that work here are directly reporting back to the clients and the management in, in their home country because that can be... Um, in Australia or America or UK. And uh, so we don't need to be operational experts in each of these fields. So we can have our strongest categories are accounting, both from small and medium-sized businesses with their own finance teams being located here, but also with a lot of the uh, accounting firms that have really embraced offshoring. And we've got a, a large number of accounting firms that are have got quite substantial teams here doing uh, a whole range of, of routine accounting activities that would normally be done uh, in their home country for a lot more money. But there's marketing. There's, if I look around me right now, I can see um, marketing resources. I can see engineers. I can see legal. I can. There's customer service. There's a whole range, uh, just a complete range. Anything that can be done from remotely from another office is something that could be uh, done on the Mapda platform. Well, we're actually down to our last our last two questions in the interview. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask, what's the biggest lesson that you can share with everyone right now who's interested in outsourcing to the Philippines and, yeah, um, thinking about the transition from onshore to offshore with Mapta? I think the most important thing is is actually having a high level of trust in the people that you're dealing with. You're, you're not able to just walk down the street and have a face-to-face meeting if things go wrong. And, and the client's not in a position to always have the information to fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing is finding an offshore platform or provider that a client can trust and has the confidence that it has the capabilities to do what they need to be done. And so then a client would look for its previous experience and that really is, a, is the essence of it because if you have the right offshoring platform and the partner, they will guide, like a, a relationship with a MAPDA, we will guide our clients. We've seen the most many of the small hurdles 
that come with setting up an offshore term. We've navigated them and we can be very efficient and very effective at being able to to sort of steer our clients in the right direction. We're able to give advice on best practice and we're, uh, what, what the good things to do, what things perhaps to, 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 to not do. We also have a good understanding of perhaps the, the culture of our clients. So it's important when we talk about, say, the culture aligning with the teams in the Philippines is also having an understanding of our client culture, where what their culture is and how they generally approach things and then making sure that we can bridge that so that the, the relationships and the teams that are being built are well aligned. But, um, you know, I think that is the best advice because if you get in, into a good relationship, I mean, a relationship with an offshore partner is like a marriage and it really is something where you, uh, you want to be dealing with not just people that you know, flexible or friendly, helpful, responsive, all those sorts of aspects. If you're dealing with the right people, the actual process of offshoring, it actually is very, very simple. Well, for all our listeners right now, I'm sure at this point of the interview, they're probably thinking on how they can get in touch with you and where you guys are located in the Philippines. So yeah, can you tell us uh, how, what's the best way to get, get in touch with you, Tim and Mapta, and where, where are your offices here in the Philippines? So we have, we have six offices in the Philippines. We have four in the national capital region of Manila, uh, so there is two in Makati, which is a, a long-standing business district, business, business district, and there's another uh, one in Ortigas, uh, one in Eastwood, uh, one in Angeles, and one in Baguio. So we've got two regional uh, offices. And uh, look, I can be contactable via any of the phone numbers on the website, and uh, my email address is tim, which is T-I-M, dot Vorbach. V for Victor O R B A C H at emapta, which is E M A P T A dot com. And I'm happy to talk personally in the first instance to get a better understanding of whatever uh, any listeners' requirements might be. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Tim. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Henry. And that was Tim Vorbach, the founder, president, and CEO of emapta. We just finished talking about Imapta and the Philippines as a BPO country. If you'd like to know more about them and see what Imapta is all about, please visit their website at www.imapta.com. That's E-M-A-P-T-A.com. Transcripts, archive, and audio files are available at www.offshoring.com.ph. You can also find us for download, streaming, and listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You've been listening to the Outsourcing and Offshoring Philippines podcast with Henry Acosta.